Good afternoon, Alex. How are you today? I'm excellent, thank you. How are you? I'm still a bit under the weather, so if I sound a bit croaky, that's why. I've been sick with a cold for the last few days. I just hate the start of winter. It always happens. You always yeah. get sick. It's always miserable. It starts to rain. Yeah, everyone's sick. It's pretty hard to avoid. You're a little bit sick, weren't you? Yeah, I feel like I'm kind of under the weather. Although I don't feel like I have the flu, but I just feel like I don't really have much energy to do anything at the moment. Mm. How'd you go yesterday then? Uh, well, look, I actually, so I was going to go on a, uh, a bushwalk with one of my friends yesterday mm. and um, he didn't show up and he's only just messaged me today saying that his phone was out of battery yesterday. So <laughs> there you go. That was his excuse. <laughs> yes. I mean, we're only going to meet at, at uh, Central Station, so it's not like it was very far for me to go, but yeah. And I just went home and stayed in bed the whole day, so it wasn't so bad. But mm. Not the best either. Where were you going to go hiking? Um, I think somewhere up along the coast. I don't, I don't actually know what the location was, to be honest. We we're going. I was going with him and a friend of his who was going to guide us. Okay. So did they still go without you? or? <laughs> I actually don't know. I'm not sure what happened. Oh, dear. It's a bit yeah. rough. Oh, well, it's part of life, really. You win some, lose some. <laughs> any articles this week have you been using feedly um well look since i lost my phone actually i only got my phone back recently so uh it's not even reinstalled on my phone to be honest did you get the g4 i did get the g4 yeah what do you think so far i like it i like it it's good i'm trying to decide it seems like pretty like the screen is bigger obviously yes but i mean apart from that it all seems to function very similarly what's the camera like I know you don't take many photos, but have you tried that out in comparison? Uh, look, I've tried the camera out. Um, well, I mean, look, it wasn't amazing. It seemed to me to be pretty similar. Uh, I'm not really an expert in these things, obviously. As you pointed out, I didn't. Um, oh, I don't use the camera that much. Um, I tried to take some low-light photos the other day, actually, and they were not amazing. So, mm. But, I mean, I think for phone cameras in general, perhaps that's usually going to be the case unless they're amazing that's true it's really only the super high end that are getting decent results at low light these days i'm going to say i've actually got a bit of a complex about taking photos um i don't know i just feel that one i come across very badly in photos and two i'm terrible at taking them i mean i'm sure there are techniques beyond just fitting everything you want into the frame which i'm not really that aware of but uh yeah i don't know just terrible at it and it's been pointed out to me several times as well how bad I am at taking photos. So it's just added to my complex. It's all just down to practice though, Alex. You don't have any interest in getting better? Look, I do. Um, I'd actually like to buy a nice camera. I could see myself being a nice camera kind of person and taking nice photos. The only problem with that is I don't know how to take nice photos. Do you know what I'm saying there? Well, sometimes the equipment has to come first. Sometimes, but I feel like, you know, I have practice equipment in my phone. I don't really use it, so. No. Yeah. So, um, maybe one day I'll learn. Buy a nice point-and-shoot camera? Well, uh, I mean, most nice of the... DSLR? Some fancy lenses? Yeah, I think a DSLR would be something I would like to have. But again, not until I actually get good at taking photos, which may never happen. So, no, if it never happens, so be it. 
it's just the way of the world. I'm sure there's YouTube videos and various other online courses that could help you improve tremendously with very little time. Oh, I'm sure there is, but there's also going to be, I think, more than a passing interest in the uh, in the art, and I don't think I possess that, so. which is sad, but I guess just the way these things go. We need more photos for the stream, Alex. <laughs> That's true, we do. Um, Your photos of the pancakes have done well so far. Have they? Yes. In what way are they doing well? Well, I just mean in terms of um, audience engagement. It seems to have done the best. A lot of likes on uh, Instagram. Really? Some on Twitter. I'm not even linked to Instagram, am I? Uh, I don't know. Are you following Tangential Soup on Instagram? I'm probably the worst podcaster in the world (laughs) you know this is episode 10 alex wow really yes well how far we have come that first episode back all those weeks ago i feel that sometimes we go a bit up and down i feel that sometimes i go up and down it's hard to be you know so consistent unless you're really experienced at it Mm. still very new to it yeah, well, that's true. That's what makes me feel a lot better about not preparing any topics. And <laughs> Yes. <laughs> All of that beautiful stuff. <laughs> it might make for a tighter show, but with the magic of editing, it kind of works. It does. It does. You're right. I don't suppose you've listened to any of the recent episodes. Though. <laughs> <laughs> or any of the episodes at all. Yes. But um, you know what, David? I might listen to one this week. Ooh. Maybe. Maybe. Let's not promise anything. Well, look, I'm not going to promise anything. I'm going to start at episode seven. You said that was our best episode, right? I still think episode seven is probably our best episode, yes. Mm, Okay. Last week's wasn't bad, but because I wasn't feeling super well and it was sort of late, it uh, probably could have been edited down a bit. It was 51 minutes, which is a bit longer than I'm aiming for. Okay. I'm aiming between 35 and 45 minutes. Well, that seems reasonable. We don't want to take up too much of people's time. Well, you want to leave people wanting more. Yes. If possible. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah. So you don't want to overstay your welcome. Yeah. Have you heard of the, uh, I think it's the three-day rule when you're traveling? You never stay at somebody else's, like when you're, when you're traveling around and you're staying at people's houses in, in different countries or different areas, um, you never stay at someone's house for more than three days. Okay. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. People start to get sick of you after that point. Well, I mean, for people like me, have you met me? I would get sick of being <laughs> three hours. So. But fortunately, people don't have to listen to three hours with me unless they're listening to the podcast continuously. Then it would be a problem. Yes. I'm not sure anyone is binging our episodes at this point, but as we progress, maybe, maybe. Look, honestly, you never know. Um, I mean, I don't know what people are listening to us. In what habits people have our um, podcast on? No. Our numbers are pretty good though, right? I think they're excellent, actually. Do you think our podcast is more of a kind of morning thing? Um, Perhaps an afternoon type podcast? I don't know. Maybe some of our listeners could tell us. Maybe they could. See, if I were going to say what type of podcast this is, I would say that this is a uh, kind of a brunch type podcast. Like a morning show? A bit like a morning show, but you wouldn't want it too early in the morning. Um, <laughs> a bit jarring? 
it would be a bit jarring. So if it were food... Especially if we uh, talk about death and things. Yeah, there was a lot of death in the last episode. Yeah. Which we won't revisit in this episode. <laughs> I think it's one of those subjects that has to be discussed at some point, but, you know, it briefly. Does. Yes. Touched upon. Was there, once the editing was done, did a lot of the death slip through into the actual episode? I kept most of it. Okay. Because it seems to write well on Hello Internet, so I thought, you know, give people <laughs> what they want. Okay, fair enough. Hello, Oh, sorry. <laughs> what is that? It's, it's my phone restarting, because I haven't actually had it around Wi-Fi, so it's... um. It's restarting uh, with the. I think it might be the an operating system, perhaps. I can never remember the name of the um, the Android operating systems, but I want to say something to do with lollies. Oh right, you mean an upgrade? Yeah. So it would be maybe Lollipop, or O is the most recent one, so you got to go back. M N O, N is Nougat. What was O? Uh, o hasn't been like that's not okay. really released yet. So I you, think it's you nougat. wouldn't be on that one. It would either be Nougat or it would be Marshmallow. No, it's Marshmallow. It's Marshmallow. Mm. That's a pretty solid release. Okay, that's good news. Hmm. I um I'm gonna be really careful with this phone, David. I know I probably said that about my last phone, but this is it. This one's gonna last me. Oh, it was pretty cheap. You'll probably have to upgrade before too long. To get what? more powerful features. For what? Well, like you say, the camera isn't amazing. If you start to get a passion for that, you'll have to upgrade. <laughs> I mean, actually, the G5 is already out, but you wouldn't be able to get it for the price you got the G4 at. So you want it cheap. So. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm quite happy with the phone at the moment. Um, I can't I can't actually think of um, anything that it doesn't have that I would want. I suppose you haven't had it long enough to um, kind of tell what the battery life is like. Look, I have. Um, it seems to be slightly better than the Nexus. Yeah, I probably would have uh, thought it would have been a little bit better because it's a bigger phone. Bigger phones tend to be a little bit better. Yeah, but it's not really that much better. Mm. Like it still seems to be running out. Well, it is still a budget phone. Is it supposed to be the fact that you leave your phone on overnight and it actually loses a lot of battery just by sitting there? That's just Android. Oh. Android is, well, historically hasn't been good at that. They've put a lot of work into that in the last couple of releases, but that's Nougat and O. It's not Marshmallow. Right, okay. So if you get another upgrade, that might improve it. But yeah, just... Historically, Android's never been good at standby time. I noticed that when I was on Android for a long time. Yeah, it just seems so strange because it's not like there's anything happening. Like battery life was probably on par with an iPhone when you're just using it like throughout the day. But then you put it next to your bed overnight and then like in the morning you would wake up an iPhone loses maybe 5% and Android is like half gone. Like what the hell were you doing all night? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I'm glad it's not only my phones because... I have this feeling about technology that somehow I'm just not using it right. And I'm probably not most of the time. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm not sure that this would be a relatable feeling for you, but I always feel like there's something wrong with everything that I have because it just doesn't seem to be performing the way it should. <laughs> well, you've got to tune things sometimes. 
but it shouldn't be you because you know manufacturers and vendors are meant to make things so they're usable for everyone yeah out of the box ideally that would be the case but i'm sure that it's not always the case is is it the case with batteries as well that you're supposed to charge the phone as soon as you get it without turning it on look this is one of those things that it was true once upon a time and still maybe has a grain of truth to it but if you don't do it it's really not going to make any tangible difference. Right, okay. Because I, I remember, probably with the iPhone, I remember someone saying it about their iPhone 5, which wasn't that long ago. It's different battery technologies. Um, but all batteries do benefit from periodically being charged to the max and then drained entirely. Okay. And that might be like every couple of months. If you have, like, say, a laptop and you have it constantly plugged in, although theoretically software should maybe only, you know, let it drain to 95% and then go back up to 100%, which helps, as opposed to just constantly being at full charge, Mm. that's still not ideal for battery life. Yeah. They really need to cycle. But in terms of when you first get it, I mean, even I kind of do this still too, but as far as science goes it's really not proven to be any sort of benefit with the current battery technology okay and the current battery technology is well lithium ion but it's you know the modern lithium ion batteries right okay i mean they charge up in the factory before they're sent to you anyway right well you would assume so yes so by the time they get to you it's not like that like the first charge that the device has ever had so even if there was truth to that, it really doesn't make any difference. Yeah, you're right. Like, it's just going to be as good as if you use it out of the box and then drain it and then fully charge it. In fact, that might even be better than just topping it up from what it has and then using it. But it's really not going to make a difference. As long as it gets a cycle in, a full cycle from 100% to 0% or very close to, periodically, that's what's going to help in battery life over time. It's very interesting. I've got to say I do that. Generally, because I forget to charge my stuff, and then it goes all the way to zero eventually. Yeah. But what happens if you drain it down to fifty percent, charge it a little bit, and then drain it down to zero percent? As far as I know, that's fine. It's still chemically; it's just exercising the full range in the material. So, but a battery is like a muscle. Kind of. I mean, I have read into this a long time ago to understand the specifics, but I've forgotten most of them. But the takeaway message is. Just get a full cycle in periodically, and that's really the best way to make sure your battery is maintained over the lifetime of your product as well as possible. Okay, well, that makes perfect sense. I've got to say, I would. Um, I'm looking forward to the days where they invent batteries that last for weeks. Yes, battery technology really hasn't come along in leaps and bounds like other technology. Yeah, it does seem like that, doesn't it? There's been small advances here and there, but. A lot of other things have just jumped, and it hasn't kept up. I wonder why that is. Maybe we're reaching a peak of some sort. I think it's a hard problem. I mean, everything's a hard problem, but very hard problem, because everyone wants to go to thinner, lighter, smaller devices. And so any advances that battery technology have had are just sort of maintaining the status quo. Right, because you're getting a smaller battery, but you're still getting maybe the power of a larger battery. Yes. Which makes sense. But overall, you're not winning in terms of battery life. 
Mm. I wonder how you've heard of those screens that you can actually roll up because they exist, don't they? They do, yes. Pretty cool tech, that. But I assume they have a power source that plugs into the bottom of the screen somewhere. Not, It's actually not contained within the screen. No, yeah, it still needs to be powered somehow. There was actually a phone a couple of years ago. I think LG made it and it had a flexible screen. Okay. As in it was sort of curved, um, like the top and bottom of the phone were curved slightly towards you and the middle was like curved away from you, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Sort of concave as you're looking at the screen. Yeah. But then yeah. if you put it flat on the table and then you push down on it, you could make it flat and it was designed to do that so it would never get hurt. Right. So the the phone was naturally curved. Yeah. But then it could be straightened down. Yes. I mean, the stretch in that was pretty minimal, but still kind of impressive. Yeah, okay. But yeah, you're talking about the roll-up ones, which are even more impressive. But they are. they're still working out the kinks and to be able to manufacture that at scale and cheaply enough to be put into a consumer electronics device. Well, it seems to me that we need to move away from glass. That seems to be the first major step that we take. Yeah, but glass is so good in terms of scratch resistance. As soon as you go to anything like plastic, it's just mm. night and day. Yeah, okay. So anything that's going to like live in your pocket or your bag, it becomes really hard to make something out of that. Yes. It just seems to me like phone designs, when you look at how phones are progressing, screens are getting closer to the edge, which makes them easier to break. And, I mean, I'm just talking from personal experience here, having dropped thousands of phones, well, <laughs> having dropped my phones thousands of times. You know, they're not obviously very resilient, as I'm sure everybody knows. And... um yeah, I just, I just feel like they could come up with better designs that would be a bit hardier. While it's probably true in terms of design, the materials are getting harder and harder and harder to break. You know, Gorilla Glass has gone from the very original in the iPhone to now like Gorilla Glass 5. And it's however many times stronger and tougher, more scratch resistant, but also less prone to shattering and breaking. It's sort of night and day, the material durability. But you're right, the design is because the screen is the main thing and they want to maximize that in the smallest possible body. It's not sensible to have the screen right at the edge because that's where it's going to impact the ground. Yeah. But that's what everyone wants and that's what sells. Because it looks sexy. I don't know. No, it's not selling me, David. I don't believe in it. <laughs> well, if you really want, you can put the whole thing in like one of those um, super rubberized cases. Well, I've actually, so I have bought a rubber wraparound case for my new phone. Um, what are they called? Otter boxes? It makes your phone almost twice the size, but there's no <laughs> way you're going to break it. Like, you can throw it off a three-story building, and it's, like, fine. <laughs> yeah, but then convenience. Well, that's, no. what, that's what I'm saying. For a lot <laughs> of people, convenience is having a big screen and a small device. And you're saying, no, you want something in the middle, but you don't want to go to the extreme end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you're not the mainstream consumer. Well, you're not the mainstream consumer for the high-end devices, the people that are going to pay premium money for a premium smartphone. Look, you're right. Because you just want a good smartphone at a reasonable price. Look, you're right. I do. And no one's designing for you. You're just getting the offcuts. You're right. It's, it's not making me happy, though. You know? No. I'm not, I'm not a happy customer. No. But at the same time, if you're going to break them every six months. <laughs> well, I just, it's not like I want to break them. 
This isn't this isn't making me content, by the way. But it's you know, like it just happens. And I was I was pretty sad about my uh, my Nexus because I I actually quite liked that Nexus. It was quite good. Yeah. But I may have gotten quite mad at it and uh, thrown it into the grass after I broke it. <laughs> Made a bit of a public spectacle. Oh dear! It wasn't its fault, really. Well, I felt like it just it really landed in the wrong spot, and uh, you know, just offended <laughs> me quite severely. Actually, I was quite severely offended by the whole deal. Poor little phone. It had a good run. Did it though? Well, I felt it like it could have had bad. a better run. Well, yeah. Well, look, you know, we we just have to move on from these things in the end, and that's what I'm going to do. That's what I've already done. We'll just never mention it again. As far as anyone here is concerned, anyone listening to the podcast, I never had that Nexus. It was always a Moto G4. No, I just didn't have one. You never bought those super expensive cables from JB Hi-Fi. Oh, God. Don't, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> Are you going to get the uh, new Xbox X? I am not. No? Not tempted? Perhaps you could tell me what's going to be special about this. It's all about power, right? It's just however many times more powerful than the current model. Right, okay. Which allows, like, the thing they're really touting is true 4K output. That would be nice, depending on what games they're going to put on it. Everything will be on this. But, um, like, with the current games, are they 4K games, though? Will they display in 4K? The current games will apparently look better than they ever have on 1080p, but they're not 4K games. But any new ones will be probably 4K. I just don't think the industry is moving in the right direction, you know? They're just trying to... To me, it seems that everything here that they've got with the Xbox One is fine. You know, it's good, and it's probably not going to get much better. They need to move into new technology. You know, instead of wasting their time with this stuff. You mean like VR and AR? Oh, yeah. Smaller, more powerful, your current games will look better. You'll be able to play Xbox 360 games. You'll be able to play original Xbox games. Just the whole catalog. No, I'm not impressed. There's more exclusives coming to Xbox. I'm not impressed. You'll be able to play Minecraft with all your friends. I don't know, David. I just, I don't like it. I'm not a fan. And it's only four hundred ninety nine US dollars, which means probably like seven hundred Australian. Yeah, I don't know. No, not doing it. Oh no, it's only six hundred and forty nine Australian, which is actually a bargain. That's better than the straight conversion rate from four ninety nine US dollars. We're actually winning for once. We never win. <laughs> Are we though, David? Really? Yeah. I'm not sold on it. I... Is your TV four K? Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, well, you'd have to upgrade that as well, so it makes it a bit <laughs> of a harder sell. I think it was already a pretty hard sell with me. Look, <laughs> if I got one for free, I'd probably sell it. There you go. That's that's my feelings. No, you'd surely sell the old one and keep the new one. I don't think I would, because I get more money out of the new one. <laughs> the rumor is they're going to have this system run just like proper Windows 10. So you could turn this into like a desktop gaming machine if you wanted to. Okay, I understand. And run computer games. Or even just have it as like a little server. Or as a home computer. Like it could be a versatile piece of kit maybe. 
But how powerful would it be as a computer? That's my question. Pretty damn powerful from what they're saying. Like, if you were going to try and build something like this, it would probably come out at more expensive than the $649. Okay. So if you could do that, then maybe it becomes a lot more interesting to some people. Well, that would actually that would actually be interesting. Um, still not quite interesting enough for me to get one, but um, that would that would actually be really cool. If that was the case, then it could drive all these VR headsets, no problem as well. Yeah. Okay. Which I'm sure there will be a partnership for just Xbox games in general at some point. But if you could yeah. play PC games, you could do that as soon as you got this thing, plug it in, and off you go. Yeah. Okay. I like the idea behind it. Um, but again, I just think everything's moving in the wrong direction. I want new, exciting technology, not these clunky old controllers. Trust me, David, give it 10 years, we won't be using controllers. But even the top VR games now like have the little joystick controllers. It's a different yeah. controller, but it's a, still a controller of some sort. Well, but you know what I'm kind of talking about. Like, you mean like it's just going to watch you and you're going to mime in the air or you're going to have gloves or something? That could be the case. Gloves. Hmm. Bring back the power glove. I don't see. <laughs> I don't see why it couldn't be gloves. Um, so if you think about it, like all you need to do, I'm sure it's not that hard to have gloves with sensors in it. That when you move your fingers, they sense that. So you know you got five, ten fingers, five on each hand. You've got ten buttons there, uh, and then you know you've got. I assume we're fairly far along with sense uh, technology that can sense when you move your head, and then you know suddenly you've got. You know, you've got 10 buttons or controls or whatever on your fingers. You've got movement, a joystick with your head. Bam. That's true. Do you remember the old Power Glove? I don't remember the Power Glove. Nintendo Power Glove. (laughs) Brought out for the NES. This is the new exciting technology that you've been asking for, Alex. (laughs) All the way back in 1989. How do you know about this? Who doesn't know about this? Well, me. Obviously. I mean, I never had one, and they were pretty hard to get, and no one really liked them. <laughs> but it's just sort of it. infamous in terms of gaming history. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It had imprecise and difficult-to-use controls. Well, I mean, if they could do this in 1890. 1890- 1989, then surely they can do something a lot better now. What about this? Do you remember this? The Virtual Boy? Um, I've heard the name. This is a little bit later on in 95. Wow. Nintendo really came up with some cool ideas. They did. Just technology wasn't there to actually pull these things off. Mm, yeah. <laughs> this was like a virtual reality um, headset, but you had to put your face kind of into it and it wouldn't move. So instead of just having a headset that's on your head and you have full mobility, you had to just stick your face in this thing and not move at all. Ah, right. (laughs) Plus the graphics were just like a few lines like drawn onto mirrors that would like be reflected into your eyes. It's interesting. It's a cool bit of kit, but it was also completely junky and terrible experience. Wow, okay. Oh my gosh. Mario's Tennis. I just, I just feel like what, um, what, what Xbox and um, Sony are doing at the moment, or Microsoft and Sony, I suppose, is they're just trying to up the current technology and they're not doing anything new. 
No, at least Nintendo tries to do new things, even if they're crap sometimes, a lot of the time. Well, PlayStation has their VR headset, though. Wouldn't you count that as somewhat new? Uh, look, I guess it is, but they don't really seem to have any good titles that come with the VR headset, that I know of at least. Yeah, that's true. And it seems to me the next step should be building a console that's powerful enough to go with a VR headset, um, which, from what you're saying, shouldn't be a huge deal. Um, you know, obviously, to be more expensive. Well, that's why they brought and out then, the PlayStation Pro, right? So it could run these uh, VR titles a lot better. And then this new Xbox is far more powerful than that, from what I understand. So it should have the power to do that. But it won't have any VR technology to go with it at launch. No. There you go. That's exactly what I'm saying. The rumor they had, and maybe it's still coming, but probably not if they didn't announce it at this event, but they were going to pair with the Oculus Rift to make that available. Oh, that's a cool idea. Mm. So apparently... PlayStation are winning against Xbox in uh, console sales. Yes, by a long shot. And I don't why know if this that? is really going to help. Why is that? Mm. I think it's mainly because of exclusive titles. And also, I think PlayStation was cheaper for a little while. Right, okay. But I think it's more about the exclusive content. There's a lot of games on PlayStation that people want to play, and then most of the other of the big ones are available on both. Right, okay. Well, that's interesting. There's only a few like Halo that are only on Xbox. But at this event, over and over and over, they kept saying there's new exclusive games coming to Xbox. So they're really trying to double down on that because I mm. think that's where they lost a lot of their market share early on. But this new Xbox is at a premium price. They've dropped the current Xbox S, like the slimline version, mm-hmm. to 199 US dollars. That's, oh, really? That's okay. pretty cheap and very competitive with um, PlayStation. But this new one is more expensive than the PlayStation Pro. So I don't know how that's going to play out. Yeah, okay, right. Like I said, the potential's there if they made it run pure Windows and you could have all these other things you could potentially do with it. But they haven't announced any of that yet. So we have to assume that that's not the case. In which case, I don't know what the value proposition is here other than 4K. If you don't have a 4K TV, then what's the point of it? Exactly. Mm. That's what I'm saying, Dave. They're not breaking new ground. I don't know. I'm starting to feel like gaming consoles just aren't really for me. But, like, they're they're a good social thing. But in terms of playing games, I much prefer playing on the PC. And I don't find that I really spend any time playing on my own. Mm. Um, Which is probably a good thing, because I tend to find that it really sucks up a lot of your time if you do play. But I'm really starting to appreciate during winter, I'm really good for nothing. All, all I'm ever happy doing during winter is just sitting in bed, eating lots of junk food, and just whining about life in general. Did you finish Ready Player One? I did, yes. Um, and I quite enjoyed it as well. I mean, I'm sure that for somebody who actually lived through um, the 80s, it would have been a great experience. Yeah. Because uh, they would have had... You know, all those all those geeky references that really resonated with them and spoke to their childhood, which obviously I didn't have, but um, yeah, it was still really cool. No, it was most enjoyable. It'll be interesting to see how the movie turns out. There's a lot there to work with. Visually, it could be quite stunning. Uh, do you know what I think the movie's going to be? Garbage, just like most books that are turned into movies are. 
Well, I mean, that's probably true, but it could be quite cool. Could be. Look, I mean, I'm kind of thinking of good kind of page-to-screen adaptations, and really, for me, they seem to be quite limited. There's Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings, I think, were both quite good, um, as in the movies were quite good. Uh, Game of Thrones is probably the best I've ever seen. Mm. Aside from that, from books that I have read and then gone on to actually watch the movies, I can't think of a lot else. What about The Martian? Have you read The Martian? Uh, I haven't actually read The Martian, no. So, I But it was a pretty good film, right? Like it was an enjoyable film. That was... You're talking about The Martian... Starring what's-his-name? Matt Damon? Yeah. Right, okay, okay. Um... Uh, yeah, I hadn't I hadn't read the book, so I don't know. But that that was a good movie, actually. I didn't mind that. Hmm. But having said that, I mean, it wasn't like it was amazing. Well, it is hard to take written content and turn it into screen. But not impossible yet. So many people seem to fail. <laughs> makes you wonder, doesn't it? What is it that makes them fail? What's the hard part? I think I'll, maybe a lot of my problems isn't... It's not actually the whole page-to-screen adaptation thing. It's the fact that, in my mind at least, it should it should be done in a certain way, but it's just not. And, you know, it never meets up to what I expect the, uh, the movie to be. You know, I have all these characters and ideas in my mind and they just never end up being what they should be to me. Hmm. Well, how do you, you think it should be done then? Well, I mean, with this movie, it seems pretty obvious that, the main character should, you know, be quite dweeby because that's really what he is in the uh, in the book. Mm. He should be quite dweeby. Um, but I just don't feel like we're going to get a character like that. We're going to get some, you know, like probably nerdy character, but still quite cool and probably good looking with abs and everything like that. But that's just not what this character is. But that's not what the people want, David. <laughs> no, exactly. Gotta get your famous actors in there. Yeah, well, exactly. That's it. Don't you find that a bit offensive? Probably. A lot of the better films do tend to star somewhat unknown actors. They do. You're right. I mean, a lot of the bad ones also do that, but <laughs> but you don't hear about those, do you? No, not as much, at least. So that's not a constant, but I think it can help ground the film. Um. Yeah. No, I'd agree with that. Sometimes you see a big actor and you just can't help but think of them in some other role. So then it just really takes you out of it. Yeah. No, I, I understand that. But, yeah, okay. And I suppose people do end up being typecast as mm. well. Have you seen Wonder Woman? I haven't, but apparently it's quite good, actually. It is quite good. Which is unexpected because it's DC and DC just seem to be able to ruin everything they touch at the moment. Yes. I wouldn't say it's amazing, but it is quite good. And I don't tend to enjoy superhero films very much. And I thought this was quite good. Okay. Okay. Mm. Well, I uh, I do intend to watch it. Apparently, it's only uh, PG rated, though. Oh, really? It's not very violent, although there's probably some scenes that, just through its content, it's probably borderline PG. Okay. Mm. I've, got, I've got to say, I like... I mean, I think we've discussed this before, but I like the grisly details in these things. Mm. I'd like to, um, you know, see the superheroes actually deal with the real-life consequences of their actions. And I know that Marvel tried that a bit with the most recent Avengers movie, and uh, Tony Stark was all cut up about the fact that he'd murdered a whole bunch of people. But, I mean, really, there's cut up and there's cut up. 
And, you know, he was, he just seemed more kind of, well, I'm not saying that a real person couldn't be this, but he was more kind of selfishly upset than actually dealing with the real consequences of his actions. And it seems to me to be the case for all of these people. That is his character, though, right? Well, I know what you're saying, and it should be done more, but in terms of this Tony Stark character, he does seem quite self-absorbed. But but do you know what? Do you know what? There's self-absorbed, and then there's seeing a whole bunch of people die and still being self-absorbed, in my mind at least. Like, you can be, you know, like you can be self-absorbed to a point, but once, you know, you a building collapses and you murder a whole bunch of people and, you know, there are children running around without parents and, you know, they never show the survivors, the ones that lose their limbs or lose their sights. Um, you know, none of that ever seems to touch these movies. It's always either you live or you die a clean death. There's no kind of in-between. Um, you know, and they just don't touch on the grim realities. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is a lot of the time it's not, you know, there's no kind of either live or die. There's just kind of grey in-between where you suffer because of these things that's happened. I suppose they're still trying to keep it a fairly fun superhero type movie, but the fact that there's so many of them now, you're right, they probably need to do something like that. But it's fun if they deal with the real consequences. I want to see the grit. I want the pain. Well, what about Superman? That was a very gritty film. That was one of those. No, it's really bad. They're really bad. Do you know why? Because the Superman and Batman movies, they don't have any gore in them. Do you know what I liked? I, I've, I think I've told you I liked Logan. I haven't seen it. Logan was really good because it was gritty and it was a lot more kind of gritty than any of the other superhero man, movies managed to be. I don't know if I would say gory equals gritty. No, but grit, it doesn't have to be gory. But the fact of the matter is the subject matter they're dealing with is inherently gory. They're dealing with death and killing people and everything like that. Hmm. And that is a gory process. I suppose is the word for it. So, um, yeah, you know, there are inevitable consequences to those things. One of the consequences is, you know, lots of blood and death and sadness and remorse and suffering. <laughs> all of those things. All the good stuff, Dave. <laughs> Always comes back to death and suffering. Well, look, I mean, it doesn't have to, but if you want to deal, if you want to deal with war and violence and everything, then yes, it does have to. Because that's what that is. But do you know another thing that really adds to a good movie? A good musical score. Yeah. And I think I might have told you one of one of kind of the movies that I just saw and really impressed me recently was, uh, well, not recently, actually. It was probably a couple of years ago now. It was Ex Machina. Oh, yeah. I love that film. Yeah, really good, right? I love it. Yeah. And I felt that it had a really good um, musical score. Like the music was really good. I just loved everything about that film. Yeah, it was super cool, wasn't it? Mm. Um, so that was that was another really good one that I've seen recently. I haven't seen it again yet, though. I would actually not mind seeing it again as well, but I I haven't uh, I haven't repeated my viewing, so uh, we're both in the same boat on that. Don't know if it would take on a different light if seen from the second time if you know the ending. Well, that's true, yeah, because I guess it was kind of a thriller, wasn't it, in a yeah. lot of ways. What did you think of her? That's in a similar vein, dealing with artificial intelligence. and all Really that. good as well, actually, yeah. Really good film. Yeah. It had an interesting score as well. I love that a lot of, a lot of the, well, I mean, I say a lot, but especially with, uh, with her and um, 
Ex Machina. Kind of, they had very similar tones of the whole, I guess, what it's like to for humanity to kind of lose itself in technology, which is certainly what he did, and um, what what uh, what Ex Machina was about as well. Mm. The um, just the thing where humanity becomes quite irrelevant and uh, just ends up this losing itself to machines, which seems like an almost inevitable thing to happen if we do. You know, if AI develops to the point that they're suggesting it would in those uh, in those films, yeah, it's so cool as well. I love it. Yeah, that was a really cool film. That's up there in one of my favorite films of all time, actually. Really? I would say. Really. Ex Machina. Ex Machina. I always thought it was Machina, but apparently it is actually Machina. Machina. Yeah. Apparently it's Latin. Oh, okay. That interests you. That makes sense. Deo ex machina means the mechanism of God. So I suppose ex machina would be of God. Of God? Okay. Maybe. I don't necessarily get that, but sure. I don't know. But Deo ex machina, I think, is the mechanism of God. So wait. Ex machina. A god introduced to play into a play to resolve the entanglements of the plot in uh, Greek and Roman drama. Or uh, the second definition is any artificial or improbable device resolving the difficulties of a plot. Okay. okay. Well, what's Deo Ex Machina? Then? Oh, okay. So Deo Ex Machina means a god from a machine. Ah, okay. Well, that makes sense then. What's your favourite film, Alex? Well, I've got a couple. Um, I would actually say that um, Ex Machina was, would be up there as well for me. I very much like that. Mm. Um, the Matrix is one of my favourites, the, oh, yeah. the first one. Um, well, it's kind of interesting, actually. I'm sure that if I were to look through the list of films that I'd seen, I might be able to come up with more, but really I'm not sure where I'd start. See, there are some films that I just I just loved when I was growing up, but I haven't really revisited recently, like The Lord of the Rings. Um, I remember really liking those films when I when I was growing up, but I haven't watched them for a good five years now. Mm. Well, the only ones that come to mind are probably the ones you really love. You know what I really love that is really not a good film, but because I loved it so much growing up and the design of the robot, Short Circuit. Oh, really? Yeah, with Johnny Five. <laughs> I actually remember watching that film at your place. It has some not great elements in it, but I just <laughs> I just love it, mainly just because of the design of the robot. And I guess the story overall, you know, a robot coming to life, blah, 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 blah. Not super original, but it is mm. such an iconic robot design. Yeah. With the tracks and his eyebrows. Does not compute. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can understand where you're coming from. Right? Mm. I suppose for me, maybe Shrek 2. I just remember having, probably for the first few times that I watched it, I would just laugh every mm. single time I saw it. Yeah, Shrek 1 and 2. Yeah, they were both very good films. Mm. Yeah. 
But um, I think they, they get to a point where you see them enough and you think, uh, yeah, they're probably not today. Just because through their popularity, have become a little oversaturated. Mm. Yeah, so many memes and so many segments you just see pop up time and time again. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that poor yeah. Smash Mouth song. Yes. Oh my god. I I used to like the soundtrack, but I actually now kind of hate it because I've heard it so much. Did you make a roast yesterday? I did actually make a roast yesterday. Yeah. So um, the story of my roast yesterday was actually quite interesting because. <laughs> Earlier in the it week, I've gone, well, yes, it is, it is. But this is actually good interesting instead of <laughs> stuffing a mandarin up the butt of a chicken. You know, I read up about Dutch carrots, and they really just seem to be little carrots. I mean, baby carrots. They are baby carrots, but they look a lot more artistic. You know, they've got little little roots on the end. They're just a variety of baby carrot? Oh, look, they probably are, to be honest. And I'm sure they just tasted like normal carrots, but they look so much fancier, you know. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> um. And you put them with like a red wine sauce. Oh, so fancy. Um, so basically the um, the roast yesterday was, uh, and I will say the sauce didn't turn out amazingly, but it was a um, it was roast beef with just some vegetables and a, uh, a porter sauce, so like a beer sauce. Okay, that's interesting. Porter's like a dark, dark beer, almost like a stout. Um, and the reason this was, this kind of came about is, um, I actually went to a wine tasting earlier in the week. Oh, sorry, not a wine tasting, a beer tasting, um, for craft beer. Um, now I know you're not a drinker at all, David, as I have gotten wrong on several occasions, (laughs) but look, I think if you ever did become a drinker, um, I would suggest trying some craft beer because it actually is delicious. I mean, certainly when compared to normal beer, it's very nice, but, um, yeah, like, the stories behind the breweries is really interesting as well because craft beer is often either brewed by microbreweries, mm. which are just very small breweries that might brew, you know, a couple of kegs at a time of beer. So nothing when you compare it to the huge uh, international companies like Heineken or whatever. And um, so it'll either be microbreweries or gypsy brewers. And what gypsy brewers do apparently is they uh, they'll use the facilities of other um, beer companies in the off seasons. So when they're not using all of their facilities to brew beer, these people come in, they'll have their recipe, they'll chuck it in the brewery thing, and they'll actually make their beer in the time that this other company isn't using their uh, their equipment. So obviously they're not paying the full price of you know having a facility twenty four oh sorry twelve months a year. Okay. And um, they, you know, so obviously their costs aren't quite as quite as high, so they can afford to make um, basically their own types of beer. Um, and you don't need a huge amount of capital to do it. Hmm. And basically, craft beer is well, it's it's always interesting, um, not always good, but the ingredients tend to be of a lot better quality than you get in just your average beer because the hops that go into the beer are very important for the flavour. Um, and what a lot of, um, beer companies will do is they want to maintain the flavor of their beer. And that's actually quite a hard thing to do because you've got to use the same ingredients all year round. Mm. Um, and obviously things like hops are seasonal. So you've got to then obviously be able to source from several different areas of the world and you, um, you've got to use obviously the same quantities and everything like that. So your, your recipe has to be exactly the same and, um, it's quite difficult to do. So they tend to use uh, 
probably what you'd call poorer quality ingredients. So their beer doesn't actually have a lot of flavour. Um, and what was all what they also said um, during the session is that's why beer companies have encouraged you to drink beer cold, which is actually a bit of a rot because beer shouldn't necessarily be drunk cold. I mean, it shouldn't be drunk warm, but depending on the type of beer, you can have it closer to room temperature. Okay. And, um, you know, when it comes closer to room temperature, you, got, you get a lot of flavours from the beer. Um, and if you bring, you know, your average, whatever, two East New or whatever kind of beer it is, to room temperature, it's actually going to taste quite terrible. And they said that actually just means that it's bad beer. Tastes bad around room temperature, it's bad beer. Whereas good beer, you know, like depending on the types of beer, usually with lighter beer, you'd still drink it a bit cooler. Um, but with dark beers, you can almost have them at room temperature and they should taste delicious. And that's the temperature they're supposed to be enjoyed at. Okay. Yeah, it was just a generally interesting session. And uh, so it kind of inspired me to have a, a roast with a porter sauce. And I actually, I just bought, I actually didn't buy a porter. I bought a stout for the sauce. Um, I just bought a kind of cheapish stout and made a sauce that didn't actually really work in the end. Um, but uh, had the roast with with one of the beers that I bought with one of the craft beers. Really nice. Really mm. delicious. And I would recommend it to anyone who's so inclined. The beer is called Pope um, by a company called Brewdog. Brewdog. And if you see the uh, the can, it's quite an interesting can that they are selling. in. You must be getting quite excellent at these roasts. Well, look, I've got to say, um, the sauce didn't work very well. What are you having tonight? So tonight I'll be having a um, steak, which I'll just, I've got like one of those little kind of pre-made spice packet things that I can just dash over the steak. So I'm going to have a steak with some uh, Portuguese spices and uh, a salad that will be made of spinach leaves, uh, cherry tomatoes, and goat's cheese. Okay. Which is, by the way, a delicious salad. I got some of that goat's cheese, actually. Did you enjoy it? Put it on some toast. It was very excellent. Oh, it's delicious, isn't it? Try that salad, though, if you're ever in the mood for a light salad. It's literally just, you know, spinach leaves you can buy in a packet at the supermarket. And cherry tomatoes and the goat's cheese. And if you want some protein with that, like if you want to make it a meal, you can chuck some chicken in. And it will sort you. You will be sorted. <laughs> it will sort you. It's a good yeah. tagline. <laughs> this is an interesting can. It almost seems Aztec-inspired. It's it's actually really funny. Like, you look at all the... Um, Maybe Native American. All the kind of craft beer cans and... Stuff like that, and they're all they're all really interesting. They're all really colourful, um, and I guess made to stand out from the crowd. Mm. They do very interesting stuff, which I like. I think interesting is good. It's interesting and innovative, which is a good combination. I think. I suppose you can't get these at like the supermarket or your beer, wine, and spirits. Uh, no, you're right. You couldn't. Gotta go to your boutique bars. Apparently, I, I don't know about Melbourne, but apparently around Sydney there are a lot of um, pubs now that are doing like craft beers. Oh, I'm sure there'd be heaps here too. Did you see the HomePod announcement, Alex? Um, I did not. It's another one of these um, virtual assistant smart speakers, but this time by Apple. Oh, right. The only maybe newsworthy or noteworthy thing about this is that 
it's primarily a speaker first and then a Siri speaker second. So it, it apparently has quality equal to that of a Sonos speaker. Sonos speaker. Yeah, you know, Sonos is uh, renowned probably for their speaker quality. Okay. So it just has a really good speaker for music in it. And then secondarily, you can also talk to it through Siri. And I guess the other noteworthy thing, unlike the Amazon Echo that we've talked about previously and the Google Home, although this is not shipping till December, but it will actually be available in Australia, the UK and the US. Ah. So in terms of the Australian market, this will actually be the only one that you can buy without importing it from overseas. Oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah. But I'm sure it'll come at 10 times the cost because it's Apple. Well, it's 349 US. So I'm guessing maybe 449 Australian or 469 maybe. Which is not cheap, but in terms of if you go look at like the high quality Sono speakers, mm-hmm. they're not exactly cheap either. So if the sound quality does match that, you know, it's interesting because it'll have that same functionality plus Siri, which is probably the worst of the three virtual assistants, but still useful in its way. Siri's the worst of the three virtual assistants? Uh, in terms of pure functionality, it, it does have some advantages in that it can speak way more different languages than the Google one and the Amazon one. Mm-hmm. So obviously, if you're not a native English speaker, Apple is doing better there. Um, and some core domains, it will do better than some of the other ones, maybe sports scores and that. But it, there, people have done tests, and in terms of things that they all can do, it's recognition consistently of your voice and what you're trying to say is not as good as the other two. Really? Yeah. That's very interesting, actually. Considering you would expect, well, I would expect Siri to be the best. I know you're not really interested in any of these products, but this one's marketed more at a music standpoint. You can just yell at it, tell it to play whatever you like, and it'll start playing, which the other ones do too, but this has a super high-quality speaker, theoretically, on it. Okay. With a big subwoofer and seven tweeters. (laughs) Tweeters, okay. (laughs) That's what they're called, woofers and tweeters. I know, it's funny. (laughs) It is funny. (laughs) And also six microphones so it can hear you. And it should be able to hear you even when the music's playing from it, which not all of these products do super well. Okay. Look, I mean, my problem with this technology, and I know I seem to have only problems today, David, but <laughs> I just, I don't really see them as actually offering anything of huge value. They just seem to be kind of trying to create something that's not, like trying to create half or quarter products. Um, or like with the Xboxes stuff, I just saw them as something already exists in the market and they're just trying to do something ever so slightly better. Mm. Um, but then, you know, increasing the price a huge amount. Um, and with this, it seems like, well, in a way there's the same thing because there are things that already exist in the market. Apple are obviously just trying to get their finger in that particular pie, Mm. but you know, like, it may be useful as a kind of limited use thing, but it's never going to be able to control your home or be like replace an actual computer, I feel. So 
Well, this can hook into your home, your smart home devices, and you can control them with that as well. But I know what you're saying. It needs to probably do more. Like one obvious use case that this could potentially have is this could be your Wi-Fi router as well, right? People were speculating that it might be able to do that, but it can't. Even though it has <laughs> it has the technology on board, it probably could do it. But there's a lot of tie-in value that they could potentially do. And I'm not just talking about Apple. I'm talking about all these products. Like Google have their own line of smart routers that I was telling you about maybe last week that like mm-hmm. make a mesh network. Mm-hmm. And they have their Google Home thing, which is kind of this but with a worse speaker. But they could have that technology built in so it could act as like another node. But now it's another device on top of that. It seems like an easy win to combine these sort of things. Yes, they do not, mm. for reasons that are beyond well me certainly. Mm. And it sounds like you too. Well, I kind of understand why they want to be able to market and push one device and then keep the cost down on each individual one. But it seems like a win because you could say, "Hey, here's a thing that competes with everything else, like for a modem, and it's a fancy modem." And you get all this additional functionality. And then in people's minds, they would just go, oh, yeah, well, I'm looking for this particular product and it does this, 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 and this. Why wouldn't I get that one over one of the ones that doesn't do any of that stuff? Well, yeah, that's it, isn't it? I think that they just go for what people want and they don't look outside the box. How's your Surface going? Still happy with that? Yeah, definitely, actually. I'm quite, quite content. Done a lot of work on it? Uh, mainly watching netflix um, <laughs> well look let's just say that there's been a balance i'm not going to say it was the most healthy balance but uh, a balance definitely existed <laughs> haven't opened up infinity i suppose recently <laughs> look david i'm not gonna lie to you i have not no thanks again for joining me this week alex not a problem always a pleasure And thanks for listening, everyone. If you could leave us a review on iTunes, that would be most appreciated. Still waiting for our first one. (laughs) Maybe uh, your mum could uh, help us out there too. (laughs) (laughs) Hint, hint. And you can follow us on Twitter at Tangential Soup. There is also a Slack channel that I'm adding. There'll be a link in the show notes if you want to join up and join the discussion. See you next week, Alex. See you, David. Did I tell you about my uh, my ASX game and how terribly it went? Is it over now? Is it? It's over. Yeah, and I ended up uh, I ended up at about forty four thousand dollars from my original fifty thousand dollar investment. Oh dear. Yeah, things didn't go well. So your uh, last ditch efforts to try and recoup some losses didn't help. No, they did not. No. If anything, made it worse. Well, I don't know if they made it worse, but. Yeah, actually, no, it did make it worse. It did make it worse. <laughs> Which is a bit of a tragedy, but I suppose just how these things go. <laughs>